0: Hello and welcome to Legal Management Talk. I'm your host, Justin Askenazy. So I'm joined today by three fantastic guests and uh, experts in the uh, business development field. Um, Peter Johnson is a former managing partner and founder of Law Practice Consultants. Uh, He helps law firms with compensation structuring and business development training and coaching. Uh, Iona Good and Adrian Mains are the founders of Find a Rainmaker, which is an online tool that, uh, helps firm leaders, um, you know, find business developers and, and rainmakers. So Iona is a former journalist, uh, which is close to my heart because I am as well. And Adrian has helped uh, hundreds of companies with strategic marketing and branding initiatives. Welcome all of you. Great to have you on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks. So, um, you know, I want to, I know business development is such an important topic in, in law firm business nowadays. And so I understand that there's a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of behavioral traits that kind of define what makes a good business developer. And, um, you know, I'm curious if you could describe kind of, you know what some of those are and and what what is kind of the latest what are the latest tools that are being used to you know really kind of pinpoint those to a person
1: iona did you want to jump in or
2: you want i was to go? thinking peter or oh. go ahead
1: okay it's on me <laughs> yeah, um well, I think, Justin, that's a really good question. Um, I think there's a lot of components to really great business development, um, and that comes in forms of teams. A lot of times, um, you know, you have a great networker, but they need that closer to actually close the deal. Um, there's, there's analysts out there that are just wonderful at these niche topics, and they do the work behind the scenes, but they're equally important um, in that dynamic sales team. There's uh, collaborators that come up with great business solutions. So the question is finding what your strength is. Um, so there's a lot of tools out there and assessments, uh, that would help give you a leg up on that information. Uh, it provides great strategy when you're sending a group to a conference, for example. You know, we know oftentimes firms invest a lot of time, aka billable hours and, and financial uh, commitments to sending people to conferences. So knowing that information up front to better pick who to send to those conferences is really helpful. I know that when you're putting together those teams, um, it's also helpful to know what everybody's strength is so that you can tailor a great business development coaching and training program, which I know Peter will uh, be able to talk about more in depth. Um so that's that's really important nowadays in this landscape because time is such a commodity right so we really want to be strategic about our business development efforts.
3: Yeah and that effort and the initiatives uh, business development has become so much more sophisticated over the years if we go back uh, uh, many years ago business development was not an issue because back then there were many cl- there were so many clients it didn't make much difference and now uh, there are uh, more lawyers right, and and fewer clients. And so there's a lot more competition. The other is that uh, no one went to law school to learn how to sell. In fact, people went to law school to avoid selling. They didn't wanna be in insurance or in some other sales position. So that's why they it was a safe haven to go to law school. In order to uh, uh, achieve success, in order to achieve independence and autonomy in a law firm now, you need to have business, and you need to know how to get business. And uh I'm, I'm fond of saying, and Iona and Adrian have heard me say this, the capacity for self-deception is limitless. What people see themselves as a business developer is not what we see, but more importantly, what, what these various tools allow us to see in greater detail to assist the firm and assist the individual in not going and taking a smorgasbord of business development activities, but knowing exactly what should be on their business development diet.
2: And I would just like to say, you know, we recently spoke with one of our clients and they're a large law firm with multiple offices across the United States. And they said to us, you know, we spent $50,000 bringing 20 attorneys to a conference. And unfortunately, we didn't get much out of it. What do you think? So, you know, we we thought about that and we thought, well, you know, it doesn't mean you have to send so many people. It's more important that you send the right people. So if you send five that are naturally gifted at networking, business development, closing, I bet those people are going to come back with a lot more leads and a lot more business than an army of people who really are not naturally gifted at that. Um, so using bio data and to Peter's good point, a shortcut to identifying the right people is really important as law firms, you know, continue to uh, grow and generate revenue and grow in the market space.
3: Uh, Iona, it's a great point in terms of these conferences because uh, the easy thing to do is Send these people a conference, give them a gift and and send them to a conference and just tell them to network. Right. Well, 50% of the time, uh, people stay in their room because they don't like networking and don't know how to do it. So finding the people that are good at that and investing less dollars uh to create more potential is is just um such a benefit uh to, to a law firm having that knowledge. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, I was going to say one more thing to add on to that. Um, you know, a lot of times, sometimes you'll send a group of people that are great networkers to a conference. And of course, that's great because they're there to shake the hands, build the relationships, But a networker is not always a closer. So you also have to put that person in position to maybe do the dinners to close the deal. Or do the follow up after the networker type has opened that door. So that biodata, to Iona's point, is super helpful. Yeah, and
3: insightful. Your, I mean, it it helps in putting together a plan. And what are your objectives in going to a networking event? Generally, uh, the uh, uh, the goal is not to close business at that networking event. The goal is to clear, create clear next steps that lead to closing a business. So if you know that somebody is a networker, but not a closer, then he or she can make the relationship and their next job is to make an introduction and their job is pretty much done. But unless the person knows what the expectation is, he or she thinks they got to go to collect business cards and close the sale, otherwise they're not successful.
1: Right. See, we can talk about this all day, Justin.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um. You know, you just mentioned, uh, you know, setting expectations. And, you know, uh, what are the, some of the, the best ways that you found that, you know, administrators have been able to uh, clearly communicate those roles? Because like you said, Peter, you know, a lot of people, most people don't go to law school to, to sell. So this is something that... Uh, you know, is really probably unnatural for a lot of people. So to be able to uh explain these roles to uh your lawyers, I'm sure, is something that um a lot of administrators are are, you know, struggling to to come up with a good way.
3: So I'm gonna answer, I guess, a little bit as a politician, because I'm gonna give you an answer. I'm not so sure it's responsive, but a lot of these administrators, um, and and I don't mean to be pejorative or uh people in business development or picking people making the determination who will prosper and thrive you know in a business development coaching program or, or workshop they're working on anecdotal information they're working on what they think as opposed to data that can be that can be, be provided to them that may t- probably will change their idea of what the successful candidate the characteristics he or she has as opposed to what they think they have so i'm not so sure that's responsive but um
2: well one of the things i want to point out also is the importance of team formation right so when you have too many closers on the team um, it's not going to work out so well because everybody is wanting to compete against each other, perhaps talk over each other, get work over each other. So a much more diverse team makeup, makeup is very important. So for instance, if you have an analyst you know, a networker, a closer, a media spokesperson, uh, creative collaborator, all of these things, we all have different gifts. And when we bring everybody together, the growth is immense for, for law firms. So I would tell the legal administrators to really look at their teams, and especially if they're developing new teams, new practice groups, and so on. There's so much Going on these days, um, you know, use, use their judgment and base their judgment on, on data to form those things. And then based on that, you can bring in the appropriate training. So you can bring in Peter. Um, you know, to do the training for business development, you can bring in someone else to do training for media training, um, and so on. So instead of having training firm wide for everybody, one size fits all, we recommend really looking at the people that you have, the teams that you have, and spending the time and dollars to invest in that training.
3: yeah, that's and- a, that's a great point. Go ahead, Adrian.
2: I was gonna say, and that really helps narrow
1: in on creating that list of expectations for the attorney. When you know what makes them tick and then you have a tailored program, perhaps working with Peter and, to Anna's point, some other um, components, you'll be able to set those expectations for them so they know what they need to do.
3: I I agree with that. And much of coaching is one-on-one coaching. Um, Yes, you have workshops, et cetera. But I think this really helps me in the one-on-one coaching because, generally what I do is I have a standard survey that I will send out that helps me think about what types these folks may be and how I can be helpful to them. And I also rely on people in the in the firm with their administrators, with their business development people to give me some assistance uh, so that uh, I get um, uh, a profile of the person with whom I'm working. If I had this type of information in advance, it would really, uh, we use the word uh, shortcut. It would really shortcut some of the learning uh, and time it takes to uncover what uh, what I can be shown in uh, data in a relatively short period of time. And and then most of my research is limited to validation, as opposed to uh, uh, as opposed to learning the traits uh through my conversations and surveys
0: right and and when it comes to uh the coaching what do you what do you say to the the attorney who goes oh well I can do all of that you know even even after this this data has been collected and they're you know type of developer has been identified they say oh you know I can I can do any of those roles um so how do you
3: what, what do I say what my glib response is you can probably do everything i said but what do you do and how successful have you been doing it
0: so then as yeah. an as an administrator how do you um then ensure that they that they know their role and can then hone that to be as effective as possible well
3: i'm gonna let them respond but but i'm just gonna make a preliminary comment for me coaching i mean coaching only works if somebody really wants to want to to do business development it's not a remedial program this is for people who want to succeed but can't figure out what gets in the way so if they if they do pushback guess what coaching is not for everybody And it sounds like you're okay. And we'll go and work with people who I wouldn't say this, but really want it and taste it, but just can't figure it out.
2: Yeah. And to add to that, I would say from a business perspective, you have to take the politics out of it and do what's best for the business. If your idea is you want to grow, you know, the firm and you want to stand out from your competitors, then you have to make some serious decisions. So you can't, you know. Just adjust based on what everybody's response is.
0: Uh, and I, yeah. I also I also want to to touch on the idea that um, you know I think large firms, medium sized firms, and small firms that all all can look at this in in a different way in terms of the you know the resources they have and the you know the staff size and and all of that. Um, so for each for each size firm how is it uh you know what have you found are the different ways that are most effective um you know to helping each firm understand um, how to best go about this
1: well from a technology standpoint i think it's similar across the board because whether you're a small firm with limited resources or a large firm Time is of essence, right? So technology and getting that bio data and those answers to then strategize and move forward, I think, is really valuable on all levels. And so I think that that's very similar across the board. So I just wanted to put that out there.
3: Yeah. And and I would say the coaching is the same. It's just a smaller firm, smaller pool of of, uh, attorneys with whom you work um, and larger firm you know, they probably have greater financial resources and have more attorneys that, that go through the coaching program. I mean, there's some firms, quite frankly, that can't afford the coaching. We have seen some great
2: success with smaller firms as well, because they are, you know, laser focused with uh, on their finances and wanting to make sound decisions. And they're able to make different decisions than than they would in a larger, larger law firm where you have committees and um You know buy-in and and all of that um you know and the and the best part is that you can really look at some of these behavioral traits you know we look at 21 behavioral traits so we look at these and then we can identify not only um what what the challenges are but but what the opportunities are so Based on that, to Peter's great point, if you have all of this data internally, you can do your own training if you want to. Um, if you want to go the added step and, you know, pay for additional training, then that's great. But if not, you have all of the information, people come and go, you can always keep it. The information doesn't change. So as you're bringing on new people to a team, you can say, okay, we have too many analytical people in this team, we're going to shift the team so that this analytical person can go to eDiscovery and this analytical person could go to labor and employment or whatever it is. Um, So really just making those sound decisions based on data and um, internal and external training.
1: Yeah, similar across the board for sure.
0: Gotcha. And and you, I think you alluded to this, but you know not even in terms of team building, but in terms of hiring in the first place how um, how effective can these these tools and this technology um be in terms of helping you know hiring managers make those decisions
3: like that didn't even occur to me and that that is a great, great point. Um, who well, I mean, uh, recruiting is a challenge for for everybody. Mm-hmm. It is recruiting. And I'll talk about retention, too. Uh, but you got to recruit before you retain. And a lot of times uh, we're looking, law firms are looking for the same people. They're looking, obviously, they're got to be very bright, articulate and have developed the legal skills. And they have to have the personality that's congruent with the personality of the firm. You get that. But a lot of times they will say, uh A recruiter may say he or she actually has great business development potential, a lot of resource, a lot of clients, a lot of this, a lot of that, and too often law firms buy the futures, okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, and particularly if it's a three, four, fifth or sixth year where they really haven't matured in their business development uh, skills and behaviors.
2: If you look at all the other disciplines that go on marketing and legal work, I mean everybody looks at analytics now. So looking at this biodata and having particular measurement tools is very important to our workforce moving forward.
0: Right. And and on that point moving forward where you know, where do you see um business development expanding to and how um you know what are the to, to what extent uh should administrators be looking forward to kind of growing the the business development field in addition to everything else they got going on
3: i'll let them uh, answer but i'm going to ask them a question what is more important to a law firm than being successful at bringing in business and retaining clients
1: Yeah. Iona, I'll let you jump in on that.
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, that's that's why we're having this discussion is to ensure that we have the right people so that law firms can compete. It's a lot more difficult to hire um, great talent. There's many uses of, of this data. It's not only hiring, but it's also retreats. It's getting in front of the media and earning the thought leadership pieces and having the right people to do that. Um, you know, it's making sure you have enough people to analyze, you know, <clears throat> your every move before you go out and you sell. So there's so many different components that it would be a huge mistake if law firms aren't looking at this, right? Because that's the way that they can remain competitive. Things are changing all the time and COVID frankly was a disruptor. And so now there's another opportunity for everybody to shift. Okay. We're now working remotely. We're working from different locations. There's some people that are just naturally gifted and they can sell themselves into a job, but then you realize that they're really not good at their job. What do you do then? If you had bio data, then you would figure out, okay, this is these are their strengths. I'm going to put them in the right team. So there's so many ways to use this data and make informed decisions that I think it's a win-win for the administrators and for you know people that are in the management side of law firms.
3: It saves some yeah, money. Absolutely, it saves, you know, from the recruiting point, it saves the money. I mean, we all right. know and you yeah. The organization well knows and and puts statistics together as to how much it costs for a bad hire. Right. This is a component that can uh, really uh, increase the chances that it's not a bad hire or he or she is not a bad hire.
2: Right. And there's so many people that will say, oh, we need all this help. We need all this help. And then they hire an army of people and that army of people can't get stuff done but then if you hired the right five people those five people are going to be able to do as much quality work as that army of people so really um that's also helpful to think about
0: oh, for sure um great well uh thank you all very much for your time and being here um i think it's very exciting to to see the kind of uh technology that you know is is coming out and is going to be able to help firms uh, do do business better and uh you know and and weather all these uh kind of trying circumstances uh you know over over the future so uh thanks a lot for providing your insight and i uh, hope to be talking again to you soon. Thank you, Justin.
2: Thank you. Thanks so much. We enjoyed it.
0: Thanks so much to our viewers and subscribers for tuning in. Um, If you want to hear more of Legal Management Talk, you can find us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And as always, you can learn more about ALA at alanet.org. Until next time.